Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. So we're looking a little more at this idea of being delivered, the word D-E-L-I-V-E-R, which can mean different things in different situations, different circumstances, because we all know that words derive their meaning from context, right? And so we've just been going through some of the Psalms to see uh, what the psalmist has to say about the Lord delivering. And we've seen what David said and uh, Solomon and Asaph. Well, we're at another psalm today. And this psalm right here, folks, this psalm will rattle your world. This psalm right here will turn your theology upside down, if you will allow it. I'm not sure we're going to get into that detail of it. I will tell you what it is of which I'm referring to. And you can pursue it, or maybe we'll pursue it later at some other time. I don't know. But this, uh, I was actually amazed, aware of this maybe three years ago now, three or four years ago. So it's been rather recent in my life. And it actually opens up a whole... uh, area of understanding of the Word of God, okay? It gives explanation and insight when you see what is said in this 82nd Psalm. Now, and on the fourth verse of the 82nd Psalm is where you actually have something about being delivered as mentioned. And the fourth verse says this, Rescue the weak and needy, deliver them out of the hand of the wicked. Okay, that's just what that verse says. Obviously, we're reading it totally out of context because we have no idea uh, who's being addressed or who's saying this. Okay, is the psalmist saying uh, to God, I want you to do this? Is God saying to the psalmist, I want you to do this? You know, or is there other options, which there actually are in this case? So what do we need to do? We need to go back to the beginning, see what the psalm says. And so this is the 82nd psalm, and it has a a subscript that says, A Psalm of Asaph, because it's like the one we saw before. So uh, whatever that means, the sons of Asaph are a psalm here. Listen to what it says in the first verse. And I'm actually going to read this from several different translations because uh, usually I use the New American Standard, uh, which I find useful. Okay, uh, I've just used it for years and years because uh, particularly when I started studying the Word this way 40 years ago, maybe something like that, uh, it was viewed as being uh, one of the most accurate, literal, you know, like word-for-word type translation. And it's good. But there's times when it's not the best. Okay, There's times when the King James is better. There's times when the English Standard Version is better. The Lexham is better. There's also all the time when each one of those brings its own nuance into the understanding of a word or a phrase, a verse, something like that. So verse 1 says this in the New American Standard. God takes his stand in his own congregation. He judges in the midst of the rulers. Okay, so let me read that again. God takes his stand in his own congregation. He judges in the midst of the rulers. And you say, well, that sort of uh, makes sense. He's God standing in his own congregation. I wonder who that congregation is. Is he talking about uh, the Jewish people? You know, this is a psalm here. Is he talking about that? Is he talking about all of mankind? Is he talking about something? He says he judges in the midst of the rulers. So there's other rulers here, apparently. Well, let's go to some other translations. Here's the authorized version. The King James says this. 
God standeth in the congregation of the mighty. He judgeth among the gods. Gods. New American Standard said rulers. King James says gods. Well, I've got my super-duper computer turned on right here recording this and reading it. And I got a little Bible program where I just click a button to see what that word God is in the original language. In Hebrew, in this case, well, you know what that word is? It's gods, and that's a little g, gods, okay? It is the word Elohim. And that word can mean, and is translated sometimes, rulers or judges or divine ones or angels or gods. It's also translated, as you see in this verse, as God, because the very first word of this verse is God, capital G, the Most High. And you know what that Hebrew word is right there for God? Elohim. The same word. The same word. It's plural, by the way, folks. So listen again. God standeth in the congregation of the mighty. He judgeth among the gods. Elohim takes a stand in the congregation, and he judges in the midst of the Elohim. It's the same Hebrew word. And you say, what in the world does that mean? Well, let's look at a couple of the translations, see if we get any insight. Which one I want to go to here? Uh, uh, let's go to the Lexham. And, you know, a lot of times people say, I've never heard of the Lexham. The Lexham is actually a translation that is uh, being translated, being derived uh, by a group of people uh, associated with Logos. Logos is like the de facto standard uh, Bible software. There's tons of Bible software, but this is a biggie, 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 biggie. And this is uh, their translation. And it says this, verse 1, God stands in the divine assembly. He administers judgment in the midst of the gods. So this uses the word gods also for Elohim, but it's using this phrase rather than congregation. It's using the phrase the divine assembly. Okay? And that word for congregation actually means a congregation or a gathering. Just simply a gathering. Now, let's go to the ESV, the English Standard Version. I think this is probably the most accurate because it's taken elements of each one of these. It says this, God has taken his place in the divine council, in the midst of the gods, he holds judgment. So what's going on here? And again, folks, this 82nd Psalm, this in conjunction with Deuteronomy 32, verses 8 and 9, will rock your world, will give you so much insight into the Word of God once you get your mind wrapped around what's being revealed right here. God is coming before a divine council. God has a divine council. This divine council consists of other Elohim, other divine beings. God created human beings, and he created divine beings. And you, people say, oh, yeah, I know, I know. God, there's, God made angels. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, you have angels. You have a seraphim. You know, you have things like that. But these are something else. These are Elohim. They're Elohim. They're gods, small g. But they're not the Most High God. The Most High God is Elohim. But the other Elohim are not the Most High God. That's the reason 
that you see the psalmist all the time in places saying that God is the God of all gods. You know, a lot of times we just sort of view that as a, a little uh, rhetorical flourish in the writing or something like that. No, no, no. He is the God of all gods. There are other divine beings. And what is he doing right here? In this first verse, it says, God has taken his place in the council, divine council. And New American Standard says he's, he's standing in his own congregation. So his congregation is the divine council. God chooses to use a divine council. He uses a council. And we'll see elements of it. We've talked about this before in the 110th Psalm. And then there's a place over, I can't remember if it's First or Second Kings, a great story related to that. Maybe we'll chase that around again here soon. Because I just love this understanding. If we, if we can understand this, it's going to blow you away. God chooses to use a council. He gets input from them. He uses them for various things. So now he's standing in the midst of the gods, and he's holding judgment. Now, the King James New American Standard lets them all put verse 1 as um, one sentence. The ESV carries the sentence through to the second verse and does this all as one uh, verse, or one sentence, one thought. I tell you what, I'm out of time. We'll have to stop right there <laughs> because you're going to love what this thought is and what God says to him in the second verse. Again, I'm there. We'll pick it up next time, okay? I'll see you then. Goodbye.